You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 163 of American Sex Podcast, and I am Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Milvoin-Berg, who you'll be hearing from in the conversation portion of this episode. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts, too, that just so happen to be non-monogamously married to each other. This week, we're talking about the transformative power of kink with Katie Osborne and Eric Good. Katie Osborne is an Atlanta-based actor, magician, and general all-purpose theater nerd. She holds two master's degrees in Shakespeare and spent a year as a touring slam poet, which was a very weird time. As co-host of Infinite Quest Podcast, she's in charge of the nerd rants and Shakespeare diversions. Most notably, she played Annie on seasons one through four of the prominent sci-fi series, Ships of the Northern Fleet. Eric Goode is a classically trained guitarist, artist, performer, sourdough enthusiast, and brand new kinkster. He's also unreasonably good at making scale models out of coffee stirrers. As co-host of Infinite Quest Podcast, Eric is in charge of cooking facts, editing, and being better at D&D than Katie. Katie and Eric are not only partners, but they create content on the internet about ADHD. Yes, they're both co-hosts of the Infinite Quest podcast, which, by the way, I was just on an episode last week talking about consent and neurodiversity. I'll have the link in the show notes, but they create content on TikTok, and they are both a wealth of ADHD knowledge. So if you are new to kink, you have to listen to this conversation. If you're neurodivergent and kinky, you have to listen to this conversation. And heck, if you're a longtime kinkster who is neurodivergent or not, you have to listen to this episode. Eric got into kink less than a year ago, and he did not know what to expect. Turns out the way kink transformed his life both inside and outside the bedroom was absolutely mind-blowing. In this conversation, Eric walks us through his transformative journey of self-discovery with Katie as his mentor, partner, and instigator. Some of the revelations and pitfalls Eric faced along the way are going to help you too. We talk about how to negotiate when you have no idea what kink toys even feel like or what the experience is going to be or what kind of aftercare you might need and how to have your very first scene with all of these things in mind. Eric tells us about his unexpected feeling of mourning after his first scene, and what to do when your expectations don't match up with reality. And also frenzy, that's a big one. Not only how Eric dealt with it, but how Katie, as his partner, had to go the extra mile to care for Eric's well-being. As a neurodivergent person, We also talk about how kink can help you align your body and your mind and how is a switch, how and why subspace and dom space and each respective drop. Those experiences are so different, but they're equally as powerful. There is so much in this conversation. I cannot wait to roll this for you. But of course, 
First, we need to wash our balls, which here on American Sex Podcast is what we call housekeeping, but it's a lot more fun to soap up the twins than vacuum the floor. First, do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Nandy, Heather, Jerry, Allie, Odd, and Bridget for becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And you too can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member at patreon.com slash American Sex. And you're going to get stuff too, like bonus stories from our guests. There's two new ones up right now from Katie and Eric. You'll also get extra full-length episodes, all of our regular episodes early. I'll send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. You get a shout out on the podcast and also other random surprises and hangouts and cool stuff. You know, Ken and I give the majority of our content away to the world for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast. And we do that because we believe these conversations are important. They are critical. They're relationship improving. They're life changing. Sometimes they're even life saving. And everybody should have access to them. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone, regardless of their financial situation. So again, that address is patreon.com slash American Sex. Secondly, it's Pride Month. Happy Pride. LA Kink Pride is an all virtual event and it kicked off on Friday, June 4th, but it runs through the end of this week, Sunday, June 13th, with online entertainment and classes from well-known kink educators and performers every single day. There's also sliding scale tickets available to make the event accessible to as many people as possible. Plus, all of the educators earn 100% of the ticket sales for their classes. So it's a great way to not only learn stuff, but support your favorite educators. I'll be teaching my hot and healthy erotic humiliation class on Sunday, June 13th via Zoom. So go to lakinkpride.com to learn more. I'll also have that link in the show notes. Secondly, are you a member of our sex positive discord community yet? Come on, come on over and join us. It's at bit.ly slash discord ASP. And I'm not going to keep repeating it, but you know, every single link that we talk about in this episode it's going to be in the show notes. So go to whatever podcast player you're listening to, or just this episode at americansexpodcast.com and get all those links. Anyway, on our Discord, we talk about sexuality, kink, mental health, and lots of off-topic stuff too. You know, hey, what's going on today? What do you make for dinner? Give me the recipe for that. Oh, your cat's so cute, blah, blah, blah. It is a really friendly and active community, and we'd love for you to join us. Also, I now host a second podcast. It's called Open Deeply, and I co-host it with therapist Kate Lurie. It is a great emotional deep dive into everything that makes us tick, both inside and outside of the bedroom. Our guest this week is trauma queen herself, Jiminika Eborn. You can find Open Deeply on your favorite podcasting platform or at opendeeplypodcast.com. We'd love for you to subscribe since this is a new podcast. You know, we need every subscription we can get and also so tell your friends too. Uh, another thing, Ken's got something. It's super cool. Uh, it's happening every Monday. He is hosting a celebrity slash streamer creator D&D game 5.0, by the way, on Twitch 
every single Monday night to raise money for charity. Now, last week was their character creation session, and tonight, the 7th of June, is their very first gameplay session. The players are adult actor Xander Corvus, digital artist Aranok, YouTuber Chili Goblin, YouTuber BlackGoat666, and political blogger and vlogger John the Duncan. Last week, the group raised money for Sex Worker Aid Las Vegas. It's a fund created by sex workers for use by sex workers. I'll put the link in the show notes or go to swaidvegas.org. Each week, they play to raise money for a new charity that falls in line with the, you know, pro-sex worker, anti-capitalist side of the fence. Their games are every Monday, 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash Thunderpants Academy. Last thing, we're going to be on hiatus next week, June 14th, but we'll see you back here on the 21st. And that's it. That's a lot of stuff, right? Those balls were super dirty, a little crusty, but you know what? Now they're clean, so we can greet Katie and Eric with the cleanest balls of them all. So here they are. Katie and Eric, not my balls. I I don't have, well, I mean, I have some in the drawer. They're silicone, but uh, yeah, Katie and Eric. Here's Katie and Eric. All right, we have on the line Katie and Eric. Now, Katie, you have been one of my favorite people on TikTok for a long time. Plus, you've been on American Sex Podcast before talking about ADHD and kink. Eric, you're newer to me, but that does not mean you're, you know, not quickly becoming one of my favorite people on TikTok <laughs> as well. And maybe awesome. even off TikTok. Um, so I'm really happy to talk to you. Ken and I are both uh, totally excited. I did want to mention one thing. Last time we talked, I mentioned this to y'all privately, but I don't think I have told the viewers this or said this publicly in any way. Y'all, I have joined your club. I have been (laughs) recently diagnosed as a middle-aged woman with ADHD and attentive type. Hey! Thank you very much. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the club. And it was, it was, Katie, it was one of your videos that, that, it's just like, everything all made sense. You were like, (laughs) oh, before your period, um, you know, your estrogen is low. So your ADHD is worse. And I'm 49. And I'm smack dab in the middle of chin hair menopause city. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, that's why it's like, before I could kind like, I'm just kind of quirky and forgetful, I could deal with it. And now I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> I can't remember. And that's got to be why. So thank you for explaining estrogen to me because I it was a big old mystery. Um, but we totally sidetracked. Recently, I was on Infinite Quest, which is y'all's podcast. Yeah. And yeah, it was awesome. And we were talking about Eric, yes. how you're new to kink, yes. relatively new, and how it Mazel is. Tov, Eric. Hey, thank you very much. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. I've joined your club, you've joined our club. I was going like to say, it's like a whole club. big uniform unit club right now, big ADHD yeah, king club. Totally. <laughs> so you were talking about how AD, or how ADHD, how, oh God, my brain, see, right <laughs> hey, here. But now that, now that you're out as having ADHD, it's, it's, you can totally it's do cool. stuff like that. Like yeah, our podcast, it's an ADHD podcast, so if we get sidetracked, forget what we're talking about, it's on brand, you know? Oh, it's on my brand. Goodness, oh my God, I so, so want right. a group of ADHD kinksters to be furries and wear like squirrel suits. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man! That way, it just wouldn't matter. You have no idea what you just started. Be amazing. No idea what you just squirrel claw. I'm gonna send you the fan art to deal with. So that's. I was gonna say we'll forward it all to you. Okay, so but kink, yes, kink, Eric yes. has changed your life both yes. inside and outside of the bedroom. Yes, so let's start much. there. How? What is this big revelation, life changing thing that has happened to you? Well, so I've been I was tossing turn last night about exactly how I wanted to say this because it's like it has a little many different forms, and it's going to sound cheesy no matter what. But my process of discovering my own kink identity mirrors very much my process of finding or my journey of finding my own just general self identity. I think um, a lot of my life I've wanted to remain sort of like a blank slate. I never wanted to commit too hard to anything or really admit to being any one thing because later I always wanted the option to, to completely switch directions and do something else. So like in my regular, not bedroom kink life, I never wanted to commit to like a, a major at school or a career path. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to sort of maintain mobility and not go too far into anything. And so that I gotta, was- I gotta break you up. Are you a switch? Oh, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much so. And that was a fun. That was a fun thing to discover. It really was. Um, but so, so and so similarly, sexually, I didn't have any real identity. I didn't know. I never wanted to like really get into the things that I thought I liked and I didn't really have very much of a sexual identity and I didn't, and I was sort of afraid of finding it because that would, you know, although it would open doors that I've now discovered, it would be closing others, or at least that's what I feared. Mm -hmm. And so when I got brought into the kink world and suddenly you're discovering these like deep truths about yourself, you're not like inventing things or or making stories, you're, you're finding out these deep core truths about what your brain is like when you know you're you're restrained and you know you know if you make a sound you're going to get hurt or something like that you you end up i ended up finding like illuminating all these little caverns in my head that i'd been afraid to go into in my in my you know outside the bedroom life but being involved in kink has allowed me to go huh that's right i'm not like a blank slate just you know Facebook avatar photo when you don't put a picture up and it's just that gray outline. Like I'm not that I'm like a full person with, with interesting weird kinks and stuff. And I don't know what they all are. And that was fucking exciting. Like, holy shit, I'm kinky and I don't, I, and I'm still discovering things about my kinky identity. And that analogously begs the, 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 the realization, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff about my entire identity that I don't know yet. And I'm excited to fucking discover those too. So yeah. it was really, it, 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 it's sort of me being okay with kink and going, you know what, screw it, I'm going to discover who I really am in this arena made me think, you know what, screw it, I'm going to find out who I really am in fucking every arena, just in everyday life. And that's uh-huh. been just amazing. Ooh, so I have to ask, uh, Katie, were you his like, you know, did you turn him? Were you his kinky vampire <laughs> bite? I was my Virgil. I was. Yeah. And I like I feel a little bit guilty about it. Like I do. It's so funny because like I I don't know. I feel like I kind of Mrs. Robinson Derek a little bit. Like I was like mm, I'm I'm the older kingster. I was like oh yes, young one, come with me. <laughs> well, it was, like, you are it was, barely older than me. <laughs> I know, but okay. it was like it was really funny because like I remember very specifically like we were driving in the car yeah. and we were just kind of having this like casual conversation and Eric like very tentatively and very wholesomely was like well. 
you know, there's some there's some stuff that I've been wanting to ask you about. And I was like, yes, young Padawan. And, <laughs> and then, like, we, we just had this, like, really just wonderful, like, open and, like, vulnerable conversation about just, like, these, like, interests, you know. And I don't want to – you can tell the story, Eric. But I was just like, sure, fam. Like, I'll give you a little buffet. I'll give you a little, you know, a little taste-testing menu, a little, sh- little chef's menu. And uh, and then yeah, and then here we are, like a, a year later. So. Yeah, it was a little. Yes, it was yes, a, let the king flow. <laughs> it was a little charcuterie sampler plate thing. Well, it was it was interesting because in that moment when when we were discussing, so we were driving in the car. We're in Georgia. This is the first time that Katie and I had seen each other in person. So, you know, quick quick background to your listeners who have no idea who the fuck we are. Um, <laughs> Katie and I are both TikTokers. Um, I'm at Hey Good H U Y G U D E. Katie is at Katieosaurus. You probably know who she is. She's very famous. Um, but we (laughs) we both got sort of successful on TikTok for talking about ADHD, and eventually we messaged each or Katie messaged me on August eighth of uh, of last year. Oh, it's almost your message. Yeah, right. Our our modern love story. Our we met on TikTok, Um, but we were like going to discuss a like a one minute little collaboration with the two of us. So we called each other on the phone and we ended up talking for four hours and we're like, shit, we didn't plan the fucking thing. So we called each other again the next day and we ended up talking for four hours. And so finally it's like, all right, fuck it, we'll start a podcast. So that had been going on for a while. But this was the first time we had ever seen each other in person. And on the first day we're in the car. And I know about Katie's history as uh, as a kinkster and uh, where we became very close. And so I felt comfortable saying like, hey, I really don't feel like I have a, a sexual identity. I realized that most of my like sexual preferences. I mean, I know that I'm p- probably straight, that kind of stuff. But like what I really like in the bedroom, my specific kinks, my my whatever they are, is my my loves, my wants. Um, they were largely speculative. I uh, they were largely I I imagined that I would like that thing. You know, I fantasize about that thing. I imagine that I would really like that thing. Um, and so when Katie was like, sure, a sampler course, what do you what do you like? And I was like, I have no fucking idea. That's that's like the uh, the thing is I have no idea. So she was like, all right, well, like impact play. And I was like, yes. She was like, have you ever tried impact play before? And I was like, yes. And she said, really, what did you do? And she was like, well, a girl slapped me in the face one time while we were making out. <laughs> she was like, Eric, that is not impact. <laughs> and I was oh, like, you're what? so cute, cute was, baby kingster Eric. <laughs> just consistently the most like wholesome. Like, well, like one time, and I was one like, time. oh, sweetie, okay, all right, come with me, take my hand into the darkness, we go. <laughs> but then we got into this whole discussion of like, so I was like, and then Katie, you know, corrected me. And we got into this discussion about what impact play was. And she was like, so do you like, do you want like stingy or thuddy? And I was like, yes. What are those? And she was like, well, you know, stingy is like stingy big. Thuddy is like a punchy, like thumpy, whatever. She was like, which one do you want? And I was like, I have no idea. So we went back home and she sort of, I'm, I'm picturing like. Smorgasbord. It's like a chef showing up and in like a kitchen and throwing down their knife roll and like, and they like they unroll it and they got like twenty different knives. But like to be very shit. specific, that is how I store a lot of my gear. I have like it's a very cool. Roll, so I have oh, to like unroll it. Cool. I was like, all right, okay, chef's knives coming out. That was very cool. So <laughs> let me ask you because I love this conversation and I think a lot of people are going to dig it too because 
you know, as Ken, for Ken and I as educators, one of our specialties or like our main demographic is people who are kink curious or brand new to kink. And, you know, when we talk about like, here's negotiation techniques, talk about what you like and what you don't like and fill out a yes, no, maybe listen, talk about what your triggers are. And a lot of new people are like, I have no fucking idea. How am I supposed to fill out these sheets if I've never been spanked before? I've never done any of this stuff before. So this is a great conversation for that but i want to know when you unrolled your 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 wares <laughs> your tools your implements what, did you do it at first as like did we're 100 percent in it this is a sexy session or was it more like this is some research and development let me smack you what do you think like what was the vibe huh. i i oh man i feel like it was kind of like mixed bag you know, okay. like, like, it wasn't like we weren't like, now we're going to do a, a completely unplanned scene. But it was like, okay, like, let's be a little, little sexy, a little like, you know, but it was mm -hmm. just a lot of it was just me saying like, this is this is a this is a thick cane. This is a thin cane. This is a flogger. This is a, you know, whatever. And I just, you know, like, I, Eric, do you remember what was what oh, was yeah. it? Like, I mean, I you were there. <laughs> what was it? On the, <laughs> I was there for the beginning. And then and then I knew it was working when my brain completely shut off. And <laughs> it off. Was, yeah, it was hovering. Yeah above yeah. myself um yeah i remember i remember i think the word i used was like it was almost clinical not yeah. like a, not like medical fetish clinical way but it was clinical <laughs> and like it was very much so like research and development so okay. she explained that like all right there's there's stingy and there's study she's like what do you want first and i was like stingy let's start with like the stingiest of the stingy and then we'll work our way towards the middle you know the midway mid mid thuddy stingy mix hybrid <laughs> thing <laughs> um, and so you're like, okay, and you pulled out one of the little canes, like the thin one, the mm -hmm. little, the little flippy, flippy thing, and uh, and you're like, okay, here we go. And I genuinely thought that's what I was gonna like. Like when you explained the difference between stingy and thuddy, I was like, I, I think I'm probably a stingy guy. And the second that thing hit my ass, I was like, <laughs> never again, please. <laughs> that's not gonna happen anymore. Thank you very much. Skip the wooden spoon. Let's we, go to yeah. thuddy. But just I like, think, yeah, we, I think I like, I skipped over like 10 or 11 things that I like gotten <laughs> out. I was just like, okay, all right. Now we know. Cool, cool, cool. Like, <laughs> but it was, it was, so it was sort of like research and development in like a sexy atmosphere. So it definitely yeah. wasn't like a full on scene where like we're both totally like, you know, in characters, the extent that we like have characters that we play in scenes. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it, but it wasn't also like, it wasn't like, okay, Eric, my name is, is Katie and we're going to do this. It wasn't like totally weird if I introduced you in that. In that well, we should, we should try that too. Maybe that's a thing, yeah. you know? And I want to slide in as an educator for the listeners saying like, what you did is exactly what I recommend for new people. I have this thing I call like optometrist sex or optometrist kink, where it's like, if you're brand new to she stuff. She fucks her or, eye doctor all the time. Right. I fuck my optometrist. <laughs> like, yeah. You wear that no. massive like yeah, goggle frame thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> number you know, one I'm not gonna or kink number shame. two. Exactly. But that's what optometrist sex or kink is. It's like, I'm going to take out like, here's a thuddy and a stingy. Okay, here's what number one feels like. Here's what number two feels like. What do you like better? You know, from on your pain scale, like if 10 is I'm going to call my safe word, it hurts. And one is like, did you even touch me? That's like a feather. Like you can talk to each other. And so your partner can learn what your specific pain scale is for each implement. And a lot of people go into their first kink scene or even like 
you know, their old hats, but maybe they're using a brand new technique or a new implement that they're not familiar with. They go into it like trying to be 100% sexy at the same time that they're experimenting. And it's like, mm, that's a, just like, you know, research and development, optometrist kink, just fuck around a little. If it turns a little sexy, fine, but don't expect it to. So right on. You did it right. <laughs> Good I job. Love, I love the yeah. optometrist kink. That's, yeah, that's like exactly what it was is, is we got into a zone where something was more like, oh, okay, like I can see that. That's cool. And then she would do a, you know, a next thing that was like still kind of stingy, but like a little more thuddy. And it was like, oh yes, that was better. That's better. And then we went like all the way thuddy. And I was like, okay, pull it back a little bit. We eventually settled on the flogger. Uh, we have the heaviest ooh, flogger we could find. Ooh, that, was, yes. that was a good one. Thing. That's, a good, That's a good one. Thing. Um, <sighs> but yeah, so it was, it was, it was a very like research and development environment with like enough sexual vibes so that it's like, she's not just hitting me with stuff. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, this is supposed to be like a ooh thing. Um, right. But it right. also, it definitely wasn't a full on scene. I don't think I could have handled that. Um, yeah. Early on. So what did you think after that night, you know, the next day or whatever, what <laughs> misconception? I think there's a story coming. Oh, there's we're a laughing. story. There's but a like, story. What misconceptions were busted? What things did you think? Like, what you know? Did you were you having this like revelation, this enlightenment? Were you a new person? What happened? Well, I think one of the this is this is a strange. I don't know if you. I don't know if if this is the answer that you expect. It, it isn't the answer that I expected. Um, but. There was, there was, of course, there was, there was uh, excitement. I was like, "Holy shit, this is a whole new world!" Sorry, I don't want to get you de- demonetized. I think this is taken down. Sorry, Disney. Um, I actually so- use that song for my submissives for forced burlesque. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <he does>. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but so there that, was, and the Little Mermaid under the sea. Nice. Exactly right. Um, I want to be with the people. Are, um, why do I know these songs, <laughs> the Katie? Song. Katie, do you sing these That's songs around me? Is that part not of your world? Not under the sea, you absolute it's, moron. It's from the same <laughs> show, though, right? Isn't it is. It, it is okay. It's you, I swear. Do you like sing those to me when I'm asleep? Because no. I don't know how I know those songs, just, but they're just in answer there. the nice sunny Megatron's question. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, squirrels. <laughs> this is our whole pod. If if you like this, come on over to. <laughs> um, but so there was I, there was excitement. Laughed and spit water. Out of my mouth. <laughs> I wish this, this was all on the video. Oh, yeah. my nose. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> but so there was there was excitement. You know, there was like, oh my god, finally I have like some sort of sexual identity, which is a big deal to me. Um, but there was also, and I really didn't expect this. There was a period of mourning. There was a period of like, huh? Okay, then I, I lost something because. There were things that I thought I would like that I didn't end up liking. Things that I had been fantasizing about for years that now that they've happened, they didn't end up being as amazing as I thought they would be. And I ended up not liking most of them. Mm. And so I, I was sort of mourning for this, like, this, these, this, this, I, I guess, speculative desires, this person that I thought I might be in the kink community or in the kink world. And I, and I sort of mourned for that identity, like the things that I thought I was going to end up being. Clearly, that's not actually who I am in the kink world. And that was really enlightening to me because I feel that way in my own life, in, in my everyday life. There are entire careers that I fantasize about having and romanticized in my head. And I've worked my ass off to become like a really, like a baker in San Francisco. And it wasn't for me. 
and yeah. that it was a it, there's a there's a period of mourning of like shit i really thought that's who i was going to be I, I really thought this is who i was but now that i'm actually doing it it's not and accepting that is very difficult and, and, and very painful and very vulnerable. And so similarly, when I was experiencing kink for the first time, a lot of things that I thought I was really going to like, I didn't end up liking. And there was this period of, huh, that's really interesting. And then immediately after that is just curiosity. Like, because right. clearly if I thought I knew what was going on in my in my kink head, speculatively, like I thought I, I imagined I know what I would like. Um, if I was wrong about all that, holy shit, I'm probably wrong about a bunch of other stuff that I thought I would hate that I actually love. What? Yeah. I should, I should try all of those yet? things. <laughs> I have not tried sounding. It's, you know, it's, it's, everything's on the table. You know, I don't know. I'll try everything once. Um, yeah. But so there was a, this, this excitement of like, holy shit, there's got, there's so much stuff out there to try. And that's when like frenzy hit yeah. and Katie had to that be was, a very responsible yeah, kink yeah. partner. That was when and, and we had to like sit down and be like, okay, we need to have a conversation about frenzy. We need to have a conversation about like safety and like, we're yes. going to, okay. Because that was, that was the thing. And I know I talked about this before, but like, f especially like with like ADHD brains and like chasing that good, good dopamine, like frenzy, I think is like so much harder to deal with, with like uh -huh. ADHD. Oh, yeah. And like, I remembered being like a little new kingster and like how many just very regrettable decisions i made and so like i was looking at eric and i was like i do not want you to make the same like mistakes that i did and so like i had to kind of like pull back the the proverbial reins a little bit and be like okay like i'm glad you're excited but like we can't we we're not gonna do another session tomorrow like we're gonna take a break like we're gonna do this safely and so then i felt bad because i was like disappointing eric but i was like safety Aww. first safety first <laughs> yeah. would you well, define frenzy for our audience please oh sure uh yeah so i define frenzy i will say that i might be wrong uh but so for me frenzy is um is the 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 sort of unique experience of like you 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 have your first kink experience and then you want more and then the the sort of like pattern of behavior that emerges in that sort of like seeking of more um can become very risk taking and very like i'm gonna go try and do it all at once i'm gonna push myself too far and too hard and and do things with too many people uh just to kind of experience that sort of whole new world all at once rather than sort of uh -huh. taking it in like a measured safe way I think that's an okay way of explaining it, but now I'm nervous because oh, no. I'm explaining it to sex educator of the year, Sonny Megatron. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. No, but you're spot on. And it's like, you know, once anybody gets familiar with the concept of frenzy, like sometimes you hear it like dom frenzy, sub yeah. frenzy, you know, whatever it is. But there is frenzy in many aspects in kink. I also say that there's an ed there's like a new educator frenzy, yep. which we have to be careful like when we're being taught by new educators that are just really excited to be educating and they're so excited maybe they start telling you stuff that isn't quite correct just because they're so excited to teach because it's a new thing um and then you know once we get a handle on that concept it's like oh shit we can spot frenzy in every fucking aspect of our lives vanilla oh, yeah. or kinky like it's human fucking nature for oh, us yeah. to get excited <laughs> about shit and go off the hook and then do some <laughs> stuff that maybe we shouldn't have done i mean uh, yeah. especially with adhd i mean yeah um to 
a little so the little thing I'm going to go on here real quick. Uh, there's something about ADHD called low arousal theory. It's a current working theory of how ADHD might work in the brain. Um, so we know that people with ADHD tend to have lower tonic dopamine in their heads at any given time. So what tonic dopamine is is basically there's dopamine in between your neurotransmitters. It's actively doing stuff in your brain. It's it's uh -huh. in between your neurotransmitters. Um, and then it gets retaken up and then, and, and then re-secreted. So at any given time, there's like an average amount of dopamine flopping around in your brain. We call that tonic dopamine. There's also phasic dopamine, which is the dopamine that your neurons release when stuff happens, when new stuff happens, when interesting stuff happens. Your brain goes, oh, yes, this please, a dopamine. Um, people with ADHD have that low tonic dopamine. And so we're constantly craving that phasic dopamine that gets spurted out when new, interesting, cool shit happens because our dopamine's low and our brain's like, oh, our dopamine's low. We got to get it up somehow. So, ooh, look, there's a cool plane going overhead. That's an interesting <laughs> noise. Is that, that, is that, you know, painting tilted a little bit? It's just constantly looking for new ways, new information, new things. Um, right. to get its dopamine up. And again, this is a running theory. We don't know if that's, if there's a causal structure between the symptoms of ADHD and, you know, uh, low dopamine. It, we don't know which caused which, if it's but a chicken or egg thing. You just explained my life. Theory or not, even if the details are right. like, you just <laughs> explained like, ooh, I'm going to buy a bike and ride it twice. Right. Ooh, I'm going <laughs> to. I mean, it's amazing. When I learned that, my fucking mind melted. I was just like, oh my God. Holy shit. Like, yeah. I'll do a thing. My brain's like, yes, new thing. And once it's not new anymore, it's like, okay, another new thing, please. Um, yeah. And so frenzy hits hard because as a person with ADHD and as an alcoholic, um, I'm an alcoholic, by the way, um, I have a weird relationship with dopamine in general. <laughs> like, mm. it's just strange. And so yeah. when frenzy hit and I was like, that was great. Let's do more. And Katie was like, no, that's not safe. I'm not going to do that. I was I was really surprised at the emotions that I felt when she said no. I was angry. I was disappointed. I was ashamed for wanting it so bad. I mean, of course, you know, I would never. You, you can't ask. You can't. I'm, I respect Katie's bodily autonomy. So, in, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if she like, you know, I wasn't mad that she didn't. If she said no, she says no. Of course. Um, but I was really surprised at how how hard it was to deal with frenzy and having a responsible king partner. Thank you, Katie. Really, I mean it. Um, to say like, hey, dude, you're experiencing this thing called frenzy. And it's, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. We need to do this in a, in a slow, measured way. Um, uh, and I was really surprised at how difficult that part of the process was. Well, that was the, uh, I mean, I was I, like, just honestly speaking, like really honestly, as, as like a neurodiverse person with a neurodiverse partner, that was one of the first times that like I had to confront like kind of that like dopamine uh, addict behavior because uh -huh. Eric got a little feisty about it and got a little like, well, what if we did this? And we got really like bargainy with it. Um, and so like realizing and the profound impact that like the, the, you know, dopamine seeking brain has, especially like on frenzy, that was one of the first times where I realized like, oh, this is something that like, I really want to educate, like kind of like the larger population about, because I recognize so much of like, my own behavior in how Eric was like, no, but like, what if we did this thing? Or like, what if we just did a little better? Like, what if we just did this thing or, or that? And I was like, no, like, we're not going to do anything. We're going to watch uh -huh. some fucking Netflix and you can suck it, you know? Um, 
And so like, <laughs> but like that. recognizing that I think was, it was really, I felt like Eric had kind of like given me this like little gift as like an educator because I, I realized like how much it had impacted me and my life previously. And so I was able to kind of like recognize that pattern of behavior. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting, like being in the position of having to be the one who was like, no, because I'm always the person who's like, let's go, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Katie, I mean, I, I really want to say, frankly, Katie, I, I mean, I, I, I think I've said this to you before, but on the off chance that I haven't, really thank you. I, I'm Really, I mean it, thank you. And I'm frankly proud of you because I know that it must not have been easy to say no to me or to anybody. I, I just, just really thank you. I'm really proud of you for doing that. Oh, thanks, Eric. Aww. Yeah. Awesome content. Yes. <laughs> no, but you know, this is a real testament to the fact that you know, first of all, kink is super complicated. A lot of people think it's like, I'm going to learn how to throw a flogger and I'm going to learn how to spank and that's it. And and those are, you know, what we call the hard skills, like how to learn how to do the technical things. But then the soft skills, like the relationship, the gauging your mental state, the m- communicating with your partner and all of those things, that's the hard part. And, mm-hmm. you know, what you all just said is a testament to the fact that not only do we need to know those hard skills, not only do we need to be self-aware, we have a responsibility to also look after the well-being of our partners. And yeah. there's no way to really parse, you know, it's not like, oh, you're responsible for this or that. It just kind of, you know, each situation's different. But Katie, you did a beautiful job at doing that. And not only did you help Eric, you learned stuff about yourself. And that's really what we should always be doing in our kink relationships is really looking after the well-being of our partners, you know, not just focusing on our own excitement or our own frenzy, um, but caring about those that we're playing with. And I wanted to go back, Eric, because, you know, your point of the disappointment of realizing that all of the things that have been in your spank bank forever that you thought you were going (laughs) to love, and then you're like, this blows, like not in a good way. Um, And then liking things that you didn't know you liked, one, that very much speaks to like the newbie filling out the like the yes, no, maybe sheet of here's what I like and here's what I don't like. Like expect that shit to change and expect it to change quickly. And it also shows how Things can be super hot in our fantasies, and they can still remain super hot fantasies, but they don't always translate to real life. And and we have to to kind of parse that out and separate it. Like for me, I am a dominant in real life, like in action. I am a dominant. I do not sub. I used to, but I don't anymore. I hate bondage. I hate being held down. I Mm. panic. It's horrible. Guess what? In my spank bank fantasies, I'm a submissive in bondage. And then I tried it once and I was like, this is horrible. I I need to go to therapy. Can I add something? Yeah, go ahead. So I started uh, my journey in kink in 1988 or thereabouts, like so a long time ago. I've been a BDSM and kink teacher since about um, uh, 1992. And one of the things that I have found through the years is that um, sometimes people's attitudes change. So although you might not like stingy right now, 20 years from now, you might give it a try again and you may think it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And, and it's mm-hmm. like, and I know that doesn't seem like that's a possibility at this point ever because it's so fresh for you. But I've seen people in your position before and then a decade later. They end up being the the biggest pain slut in the world <laughs> that only wants to be caned really fucking hard until their ass bleeds. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. Uh, oh God, I had a thought. And it's okay and to it change, right by the way, me. over time. You, well, you, that's, you, you know. I, I mean, I was. I'm gonna steamroll right over you, Eric. Take that. Do it, Katie. But like, what I was gonna say is that it's it's especially in conversation with ADHD. Like, I think it's really important to remember that, like. You, you things will change you know and like and especially with adhd brains like moment to moment even you know it's like sometimes i'm like really like yes let's do heavy impact and sometimes I'm like no no thank you but like that could be the difference of like 15 20 minutes you know and so i feel like especially with like the neurodivergent community there is such an opportunity to like change your mind and re-explore and you know chase that dopamine like in a good and healthy way um that i think is is I don't know. Like, I just really like it, you know, because like, I feel like my options are always open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's, it's also, it's a really good exercise um, in sort of using, or, or, or how do I say this? Monitoring your own and trusting your own internal compass. Um, because when you're in a kink scene or when I don't want to generalize too much and speak for, for you, dear listener. Um, <laughs> but, but when I'm in a kink scene, the, the point is to have a safe and consensual environment to have like carnal fucking thrills. You know, you're not, <laughs> if you deny liking something, then you're only robbing yourself and your partner of the joy of liking it. You know, there, you, there, you have no incentive to deny the fact that something is true. The fact that you like something or the fact that you don't like something. Um, and that again translates to my outside the bedroom life. I have nothing to gain from denying truths about myself. I only have things to gain from accepting truths about myself and learning to look inward and go, huh, I have all sorts of feelings on what I wish were the case. I wish I liked, you know, this style of music because it makes me seem smart. Or I wish I really liked reading uh, philosophy books so I could, you know, seem really cool and educated to people. But the fact of the matter is, I fucking don't. <laughs> like, I, I really don't. Like, I'll watch YouTube videos, but I, I, I just don't. And denying that and being mad at myself for not being the version of myself that I imagined myself to be, um, denying who I actually am and in, in, in service of, of, you know, wrenching myself towards this fantasy person isn't going to help anybody, least of all me. And when you're in a kink scene and you're in a kink setting, the whole thing is honesty and vulnerability, honesty with yourself, honesty with your partner. Um, and that was really, I, that's another thing I really wasn't expecting was how much, uh, how, I guess, how close to myself I felt, how intimate with myself I felt when I was going through these experiences and and thinking, oh, like my body doesn't like if something is painful, like you biologically, your body doesn't like like doesn't like it, quote unquote. But we humans are much more complicated than the average animal. So we can like things that our bodies aren't supposed to like. And so each impact, each change of utensil, each position change, each tone change in Katie's voice or or uh, depending, you know, where the hits were happening or something like that. Each one, I really had to listen, like as if you were hitting a tuning fork and listening to it. I had to listen to like my body sort of resonate and be honest with myself about how I felt about that. Okay. Is is this something that I want to like? Do I want to be a heavy impact bottom so I can feel cool? Like, yeah, you know, use a fucking canoe oar on me because I'm I can take it. You know what? You know, do I? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my brain always goes to canoe oar, Katie. I'm sorry, Eric. Can you, you imagine story. how much you're denying yourself by not? waiting on a squirrel onesie i'm just saying 
Because you could do all of that, hey. and you could both be dressed in squirrel onesies. I'm I, just saying. I got a PO box on my on my link tree. If yeah, somebody sends like, me a squirrel onesie, I'll, I'll go for it. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. I got an OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> I got OnlyFans. Only nuts. Oh God. But but oh, that God. practice of of listening to yourself and listening to your own sort of internal vibrations, yes. um, and accepting whatever it says just outright in an honest and vulnerable way. Um, kink kink really taught me kink is helping me learn to do that and i was not fucking expecting that that, that was crazy beautiful. it is pride season are you ready to show off your body loud and proud our sponsors manscaped want to let you know it's time to make your pubes pride parade ready manscaped is the world's leader in below the waist grooming prep for pride with the brand new lawnmower 4.0 and the ultra smooth package and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code sunny at manscaped.com so what's so great about the lawnmower 4.0 anyway this 7000 rpm speed trimmer is waterproof and has a 4,000 LED spotlight you can turn on whenever you need a more precise shave. It also has additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4, so you can trim to your liking. Ken uses his all the time. He started out with the Lawnmower 2.0 and he loved it, and then when the 3.0 upgrade came out, he loved it even more. When he got the 4.0, he was blown away. The craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are next level. If you prefer to shave to the skin, the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit and it is perfect. Step one is the Crop Exfoliator, infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling good, and it reduces the risk of ingrown hairs. Step two is the Crop Gel, a unique, clear shaving gel just for your groin. And step three, it's time to shave. The Crop Shaver Razor has three precision blades and includes extra-wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head, which I might have swiped out of Ken's kit for my own needs, but you know, shh, don't tell. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Prune those pubes for pride season with Manscaped. What's better than a toe curling, eyes, and the back of your head orgasm? Mm, how about nothing? Intensity by Pourmois helps strengthen all of your orgasms by exercising your pelvic floor muscles. Intensity by Pourmois is a sexual health and stimulation device that looks like a vibrator, but it is so much more. It actually tones your vaginal and pelvic floor muscles for you. It's like a trip to the gym for your pelvic floor. Kegel exercises have been scientifically proven to strengthen orgasms. They can also assist in bladder control and enhance sensation during sex. The Intensity by Pourmois uses muscle stimulation along with the resistance of an inflatable probe to safely pinpoint those muscles and will exercise them automatically for you. The Intensity offers both internal and external vibration too, so you can actually experience mind-blowing pleasure while using it. The natural process of aging, high-impact exercises, and childbirth take a toll on the health of the muscles that surround the vagina, causing them to lose tone over time. Intensity by Pourmois helps you tone your pelvic floor muscles the enjoyable way. And you know why I love it? Because I can achoo! <clears throat> and oh, look, my pants are still dry. No leaks. 
Pour Moi is offering our listeners an additional $25 off intensity when you go to pourmoi.com and enter the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. You can use this code along with any code on their website. Yeah, that's $25 off on top of all ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com and use the code SUNNY. That's pourmoi.com, code SUNNY. Yeah, that is fucking beautiful. And I think like, for me, my neurodivergence, yes, ADHD, but also I have nonverbal learning disability, which like shares also some executive functions with ADHD. So it's like double whammy, what? Um, and and then also so it shares some um, traits with like autism spectrum uh, disorder and like very bad spatial awareness, like visual, I don't know the right tops for the Tupperware, you know, I'm bumping mm. into shit all the time. But like, I have always said, and I believe due to my neurodivergence, but I don't know which one, that I kind of feel like I'm a floating head dragging around a meat sack. Like I am not grounded in my body at all. Like I am not in touch with my body. I am not, you know, any of that. And uh, that feeling sensations like that can be super grounding and like put me in a headspace I've never been in because it's like, I'm usually not so in touch with my body. How did you find that like grounding and really listening to the very fine details of what your body was telling you? Was that like a, a complete different existence than what you're used to? Huh? Wow. Um, I'm just over here having my own podcast breakthrough. It's fine. Like I, no! like, that's exactly what, what, that's, you, we'll get that's to you. exactly how I feel. That's all I have really? to say about that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Exactly. Well, I, I I feel that my my I definitely feel that floating head thing. Like I am a set of eyes and nose and mouth. I have my senses and my bodies move around. My body moves around the senses. My body's coincidental. Right. I, I have to have one such to keep it so that my my senses can keep sensing stuff. Um. But at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta make peace with your own body. You gotta f- figure out how to make friends with it because it's it's the one you have. Um, and so I, I think in the kink scene, in in kink scenes, um, my brain is is very my brain likes to think it's in charge all the time, and it definitely isn't. Um, and the kink scenes are examples. Uh, of times when my brain has to recognize my body as an equal force to it. Like I'm not just a brain. My body feels things too. My body wants things too. And those are just as valid as the things that my brain wants. And so having my brain and my body sit in a room together and be like, Hey motherfuckers, let's work this out. (laughs) Well, not actually not that I take that back. Cause it it wasn't, it wasn't hostile. That was the point. Cause my brain and the body both had a common goal. They both wanted the pleasure. And uh-huh. if they were on different pages, they weren't going to get the pleasure. And so they had to figure, they had to figure something out. So if my body was like, dude, I really like this. And my brain was like, why? My body was like, fuck you. Why? Like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> get out of here. That's not what we're doing right now, Eric. We're not doing whys. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. that. And so it was, it, it, I really had to sort of elevate my understanding of my, of my body's importance of my own well being. Um, and, and become familiar with the sensations of my body. Um, uh. In, in kink was in, in kink, your brain and your body's uh, motivations align, and so they have incentive to cooperate, and that was really fun to navigate. Interesting to navigate. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, okay, so when you're saying that, like, I'm just thinking of myself, and like, 
it's really hard for me to connect my brain and my body and just be like, you know how like the woo-woo people who have you meditate are like, you, you need to be in your body. And I, I was always like, what does that how, mean bitch? in my body? How? I, I, yeah, I don't understand that. Anyway, <laughs> um, but like to have those moments where, you know, you're really forced consensually, of course, to be in your body is a very scary and vulnerable feeling, at least for me it is. On top of that, when you think of all of these scary, vulnerable things you're doing in kink, you know, you being new. So these are now new first time things, which that's a whole level of vulnerability. And then just the vulnerability you need in general to have a healthy kink exchange. How difficult was that for you, Eric, especially as someone who's lived in this world as like, you know, a cis white man who is not used to being vulnerable? Like, was that hard for you? Mm, oh man. Um no. Um it wasn't because I think early on how do I oh my gosh, sorry, this that's a whole thing. Early on, <laughs> I I really I noticed that I wasn't as pursuant of masculinity as other men mm-hmm. or as other boys were when I was a kid. Um like a lot of boys would do stuff um that I that I refer to as performative homophobia, where oh, like yeah. if a guy says like, "Hey, I'll give you ten bucks if you kiss Frank or whatever," <laughs> you know, the guy has to do put on this whole performance like, "Oh, ew, gross!" Wah! When it's like, dude, have you ever kissed a man before? Like, it's it's not really anything. Like, if you're not gay, then it's sort of like, okay, that's what that was. You know, it's not it's not a revolting thing. It's just a nothing thing. And so I noticed early on that I didn't seem to have the same. I didn't seem to value traditional masculinity as much as as other men did, and th- I mean that that wasn't something that I always knew about myself. I uh, that took many years for me to to accept and notice. Um, but I think I've been practicing, especially since like after high school, um, trying to address my own masculinity because growing up as a as a straight white man, especially like I'm a tall straight white man, so like I have a I get uh, there's a table waiting for me anytime in history. Like I am the most privileged of the privileged and that's scares the shit out of me um, because I'm blinded to the majority of the, of the ways in which my privilege can, can negatively affect other people. And I think out of fear of being one of those guys that has to pretend that he's super grossed out by the idea of kissing other man, like I've been so afraid of being that, that I've, I've, I, I think I've trained myself to value, um, things that people would generally consider to be immasculine, you know, if okay. you're being submissive or being um, bottomed in any way. Um, so I guess I would say by the time I started kink, it wasn't as hard for me as it was when I was, say, 18. Because um, in high school, sex was very weird for me. I I, I had zero sexual identity. Um, I Sex wasn't super important to me. But I was taught by every movie I've ever seen, every book I've ever read, every commercial I've ever seen, that men are supposed to want to fuck all the time. That's Uh just capital T true. And if there's a girl that is pretty and she wants to fuck you, if you don't, it's because you're a fucking loser and you're a piece of shit and you're weak or something like that. Uh And so if in high school I thought a girl was pretty and somebody was like, hey, you know, she she likes you too. You, You could probably take her out behind the whatever the hell. Like, really, I didn't want to do that. I would rather do something else like that. That wasn't what I was super interested in, but I was so trained that that's what I'm supposed to want that. I thought it was like a serious moral failing on my part 
that I didn't want to pursue sex at all times. You know, I still did. Sometimes I wanted it, but it wasn't to this massive extent that I was, I was trained was normal. Um, right. And so by the time I got into kink, I had been unpacking that for a long time. And I think, well, I, I think getting into kink, those first couple scenes, those were the final, you know, little brushstrokes on shutting the fuck up on that old narrative of the, how men are supposed to be and men are supposed to be dominant and men are supposed to be the, they're the dominant ones and, and the, the woman is supposed to be strapped to the train tracks, you know, um, <laughs> like God, don't quote that out of context, dear listener, please, don't, please don't. Um, but I think kink really was the last nail in the coffin. It was like, you know what? All of that shit, all the stupid bullshit that I've been taught about sex as a man is just fuck it. Like, just fuck it. That's sex. Sex is what me and my partner decide we want it to be as so long as it's safe and consensual. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was an answer, but I think, well, well actually one more thing real quick. I think something that's really important about kink that I want to shout from the goddamn rooftops is because of that, your brain and your body, their, 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 their interests align. You're, you're pursuing pleasure. If there's a man, a big masculine whatever guy who's really, you know, a toxically masculine man, um, if they in the bedroom like, you know, putting on a maid's outfit and sucking a strap on, like, th hopefully they would allow themselves to like that. They would do that. Be like, hey, bot brain and body both really enjoy this, so we're going to do it. And that's a an instance in which that person can accept vulnerability and accept that vulnerability has serious benefits. If you allow yourself to be vulnerable and honest with yourself, you can have very pleasant experiences. And I would hope that those vulnerable experiences that that men feel when they're in, in a submissive state and they realize, wow, I'm submissive, I'm vulnerable right now, and it's great. Hopefully, that's something that we can bring into the everyday culture, into the regular culture, where men can think, you know what, actually, I'm going to be the, I'm going to step down in the situation. I don't need to be the loudest person in the room, the biggest person in the room. I don't need the most attention. I don't need to call all the shots. I can step back and I can take a more submissive role in this situation. I think the world would be a much better fucking place if that happened. And I think kink can be the seed. Kink can be a seed planted in men's heads that it's okay to be vulnerable. And in fact, sometimes it's it's fucking great to be vulnerable and it's great to be submissive and and not have to pretend to be in charge all the time. Yes. You just took me to church. That was a long Hell talk. Yes. I'm I'm time blind. I have no idea how long no, I was No, it was for. good. It was, <laughs> and I, you know, it's like on the same token, yes, men definitely need to be able to access that vulnerable place. But I'm also going to say, like, everybody else, we need to stop shaming. Like, because I hear men in the kink community, you know, and there's a recent, like, there was a TikTok recently where someone was, like, insulting another dominant man in the kink community saying, well, you're giving off real bottom energy. And it's Ooh, like, don't do that shit. Come on, yeah. Don't do that shit. Like, we need, uh, on the same token, all of the people supporting these men accessing their vulnerability and being submissive and being happy in that, we need to make space for those emotions to be okay to feel, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. no bottom shaming, you fuckers. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Katie, you had a, you had a podcast breakthrough, and then and then I went on a whole thing. Oh, no, what? Okay. Um, I was do you remember say, what like, it was? I, I mean, I've I've always felt the same way. Like I've always I've all like Sunny said exactly the way that I've always felt. It's like I've just always kind of felt like a 
a floating head attached to this like inconvenient meat bag that is very it's honestly like the factory quality that I got is just very low. Um and so like yeah, so like I mean that was it's it's, it's my story is very much the same in that like becoming involved in kink and the kink community allowed me for the first time to like really have like an authentic connection to my body. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I just was like, oh, I'm not the only person who feels that way. Cool. Like that was it. I was just sitting over here drinking my coffee. Feel it feels. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, to me, it was actually my daughter, my daughter, we both have the same neurodivergences and she's 26 and we talk a lot. And she's the one who first said like, I'm a floating head dragging around a meat bag. And I had the same thing. Like I just, you know, I dropped the glass of wine I was holding and it crashed to the floor. And I was like, Oh my God, you've just subscribed my very existence. In our household, aren't I the one that's neurodivergent? Cause I'm the only one that's not. No. <laughs> the majority of the people Whoa. are well, no, because that Whoa. was. Oh, you're like the tables are turned you're because you're the I'm only the neurotypical. <laughs> so you're really the odd person I, out. I am the divergence. Whoa. Yeah. You are diverging. Like we right are now, the I'm norm. the divergence. I love yeah. That. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I also want to say, like, you know, because we, we talked a lot about neurodivergence and especially with the frenzy and the dopamine and all of the things. But I want to remind listeners, the ones who are like listening, who are like, like, oh, I'm neurotypical. That doesn't apply to me. First of all, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> Show me the paperwork. <laughs> exactly. Because it took me 49 years. And I'm like, oh, ADHD. This makes sense. Thank you. Um, but also, when we are playing with kink, by default, we are manipulating our neurotransmitters. We are manipulating our hormones. We are physiologically giving ourselves a high. And so all of us are kind of a little off in the chemical department when we're practicing kink. And mm -hmm. that can do lots of different things. So don't just think like, I'm neurotypical, so that doesn't... Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You, you, yeah. If you enter subspace, your chemicals are shooting all over the place. You know what the hell you're doing. Okay. Yeah. That's that on drop, bitches. I was going to exactly. say, that's, I'm so, another thing, I'm so grateful that you, you I'm, well, I'm so grateful for you, Katie, for a million reasons. Um, but one of them was, yeah, you, you explaining the concept of drop to me, um, of like, hey, dude, you're burning a lot of neurotransmitters right now. So if we keep going super hard right now, like tomorrow your brain's not going to have any any left to give and you're going to feel like shit. And indeed, that's what happened. And I, I remember in that moment when I, when I was experiencing really hard sub drop, um, I was like, wow, if I didn't know that this was a thing, I would just be like, I must hate kink because I did a thing and then I was depressed the entire next day. And uh -huh. I'm so grateful that you taught me about drop uh, when you did. I mean, yeah. that's like, that's like day one conversation for me because it's something that I struggle with so much. Like I, I really am affected by drop. And so like, I was, that was really important to me. Cause especially cause like you're a switch and like that, that's a whole other component piece of the conversation. R oh yeah. I was going to say, yeah. we haven't talked about that yet. But I was like, I felt like I had to do my due diligence. Like if we were going to trade these, I was like, I need you to know that like tomorrow you're going to need to fucking bring me some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> right. right yeah. <laughs> well, that's also a big thing is having the aftercare conversation. Of yeah. Like, well, like you um, told me right away, Katie, like you're like, hey, just, you know, I go nonverbal pretty quickly. 
So, you know, a couple, 10 minutes into a scene or something, you know, if it's going well, I'm going to be in subspace so much that I'm, not, I'm you know, I'm not going to really be able to say anything. Um, and knowing things like that was just in, in, uh, indispensable, um, in my, my little, you, you know, your Virgil to my Dante trek through, through the seven <laughs> hells. Um, that was very, that was indispensable knowing that kind of information. It's a weird metaphor to choose, but okay. Literary references. Watch out. Watch. I've read the back cover of a book once or twice. Watch out. I want to find out about that. So you have, you know, gone to the other side of the slash and you have (laughs) topped. So did the top, I'm assuming the topping came later. And like, what kind of whole mind fuck came with that shit? Like going to the other side. What did that do for you? Man, that was... So, <laughs> so the the types of pleasure that I get from being submissive and being dominant are so fucking different. Um, when I'm so, so, first off, I think Katie, we actually had a conversation. This was before Katie, you and I were like together. Because keep in mind, this all this like initial kink stuff, the the charcuterie plate of of various <laughs> impacting devices and all that, all that stuff happened before Katie and I were actually dating. We were just really close friends and she was like, yeah, like fam, I'll do you a favor. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't us in a relationship doing this. It was just sort of this like friend doing each other. You know, like friends do. Like friends do, you know? But I have to say, I want to break in as the educator. We need to do this more, even though y'all ended up being, you know, more romantic. But like, if people are experimenting with kink and they're new to kink, there is nothing wrong with being like, hey, friend, can we spank each other a little bit in the living room just to test this shit out? Like, (laughs) you don't have to play. You can have optometrist kink with your BFF that you're never going to make out with. Just throwing that out. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Massive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard somebody say retweet in real life. <laughs> That's why it's that so funny. It's so elegant and clean and simple. Yeah. Retweet. Fucking retweet, bro. But no, absolutely. Normalize, normalize platonic flogging. Let's yeah. hashtag normalize totally. platonic flogging. I want, that I want to make a word out of that. Plafogging? Plafogging. It's something. It's, it's, it's there. I almost have yeah. we'll It's the, the 12th yeah. platonic solid. <laughs> Math joke. I was probably wrong about that. Um, but anyways, so at some point after those first initial s- sessions we had, um, Katie and I kind of talked, I don't remember how it came up because we have ADHD. So we just go all the fuck over the place when we talk. Um, but at some point we, Katie was like, uh, well, I think, you know, we're both, we're kind of sexually not compatible. Katie said, because it's not to, sorry, not to out you, Katie, but no, you, okay. do you remember? No, you remember I remember the conversation. I was like, oh, God damn. I really wanted to bang you, but we're not compatible. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because you were like, well, because, you know, we're both largely submissive. Like, and, you know, if you, I'm sure you're, you, I'm sure you're capable of topping, but I don't want to just like give you chores to do, you know, like it should be a mutual thing. And I was like, and, and this was all, again, this was speculative, but I was kind of like, Katie, you know, I suspect there's a whole other side to me. That neither of us have met yet. <laughs> I don't know how to get him to come out, but I, I, I sense a presence in there. And then we just bought you a white button down the cure. And then, oh, fuck, yeah. Well, there was, there was, Katie, can I tell that story? Is that okay? Yeah, I think about it a lot, so it's fine. I, I don't know if it's better from my, from my angle or yours. Oh, but God damn it. This is a very Katie. funny story. It's fine. Well, so well, don't say it's funny before I do it. Now, now everybody's expe- expectation. This is the funniest goddamn story you've ever. Heard now it won't life. be funny. Now thanks be funny. for ruining. God it. damn it! So here's a pre- here, this funny is pr- this story is pretty funny. But anyway, so Katie and I we were like, all right, let's switch. I, I said like, hey, I suspect there's this other side to me. Katie taught me some flogger stuff. Katie told me about what she likes. I did some research and stuff, and I'm a, I was a a, a, a 
a binge studier in high school. So I would do, I would leave it all for the night before. So I was like, you know, total Tony Stark mode. Like, when did you <laughs> become an expert on thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. You know, I was, I did one of those sessions. Tony Stark did. Tony Stark did. So I, I designed this whole experience. But anyways, so Katie gets in the bed. And at this point, I know Katie well enough. So I, I sort of take this tone and I sort of, I'm very calm. And you've got this look in your eyes, Katie, like, okay, hotshot, you motherfucker. Like, clearly you like it, but you also don't want to give me the satisfaction. Like, you're not fully in the scene yet. You're like, okay, Eric, you think you're so cool. So I was like, okay, like, lie down on the bed. I'll be back in five minutes. (laughs) And so I left the room and I left for longer than five minutes. I just left. So long. You were gone for so long. (laughs) I was so bored. I was like, oh, let's see. Just to sort of set the idea. Like, that's this is what's, you know. Time blindness. You were gone for three days. Exactly. (laughs) What? (laughs) Eric's been dead for 40 years. They were a ghost. That was a joke, right? That makes sense. That's Um, it. That's the end of the story. He was a ghost the whole time. But anyways, so I leave the room and I start going through my, my, the stuff that I brought. And I put on this white button up shirt. That I wore this shirt like once or twice in like a Zoom call with me and Katie, and the look in your eyes—you did the thing where like you're like, you "Oh, look good in a button down. It's not my fault." Well, thank you very much. <laughs> but anyway, so I walk back to the room after way more than five minutes, and I open the door, and I open the door, and I'm wearing this button-down shirt, like button-down too many buttons, and the <laughs> sleeves are all rolled up, and my so hair real is quick, golden. so I get the visual. Are we talking like you know, uh, button up like? piratey poet or are we talking button up like oxford douchebag prep school like what <laughs> like 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 t- like business 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 okay business okay okay yeah i'm still like that and so yeah, i okay. walk up and katie looks at me and apparently the image of her, her what she saw when she looked lives rent free in her head i do i th- i still think about that moment and i was like i remember very specifically like having this very like duality brain of like just being very proud of eric in that moment and being like <laughs> god damn he fucking nailed that like good <laughs> shot. and then but then also i was just like uh-huh okay 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 be cool be well cool. that was but yeah. also that that was a big moment for me too katie when i walked into the room right then because that was the moment when I met that other person that I said that neither of us had met yet. I walked in and I saw the look on your face and I immediately knew exactly what to do. My <laughs> confidence, I knew exactly what I was, where I was going to sit. I knew like all of a sudden I entered like flow state and mm-hmm. all I thought about was the experience that you were having and how can I design this experience to give you the best possible experience that you can have. And that was a whole different way of my brain shutting off. Like when I'm subbing, it's great because my brain shuts the fuck up for 10 goddamn seconds. Um, but when I'm topping, my brain stays on, but it's not confused anymore. It knows exactly what it wants. It wants to make Katie's experience amazing. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of executing. So I, I grabbed a chair and Katie's <laughs> sort of face down on the bed with her head cocked to the side, like looking off. And I pull up this, or there's a stool and I pull up <laughs> and I take my sweet goddamn time sitting down and I sort of pull up my pant legs and I put my re- elbows on my che- or my uh, or my elbows on my knees and I lean forward and I look at Katie <laughs> quietly and I don't say anything for no, a very long time. No, you forgot where you rolled up your sleeves. That was Oh, the did most, I roll them up right then? That was the pro move, my dude. That uh, was the pro move, just the slow sleeve the roll. Take another like, time. Oh, Jesus. Okay. But I remember I, I sat down and I really let the silence just sit there <laughs> and I saw your eyes start to change as you realize like oh, your no. smirk isn't going to change what's about to happen. <laughs> and uh and I think I just said all right, let's begin. <laughs> you did. That was, and I was like, "Well, Ooh. all right, it's a new day. It's a new dawn." <laughs> and, and <laughs> was, but 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 it. but topping it was a very different kind of 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 mental uh, 
comfort comfort whereas mm-hmm. subbing my brain's shutting the fuck up because there's so much stimulus happening or such precise stimulus happening whereas when i'm topping my brain I, I i'm okay with my brain because i i'm not confused about what my motivations are anymore i'm so right. enamored i'm so fucking in love with this woman and i want her to have like an amazing time and so I, it starts to be it's a very creative thing it's like what kind of experience do i want to design for this person um and the the pleasure of that is very different than the pleasure I get when I'm subbing. Um, but both of them I found to be very core parts of, of my identity. Again, like in everyday life, sometimes yeah. like when I go shopping, I am, I am no, never more of a sub than when I'm shopping with Katie. <laughs> I am the subbiest. You could put a dog mask on me and walk me around with a leash. I fucking hate shopping so much. All I want is for Katie to be like mustard, bread, wheat thins go like that's, I just need, yes, ma'am. Like, Oh my gosh. But sometimes I need a little more control in a situation. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the parallels uh, are abound, I suppose. I love that you bring up the difference between, um, you know, subspace and dom space or top space. And, and this is something that's really important. I'm, I'm just assuming there's going to be a lot of like newbie kinksters listening. That's my assumption. Hi, everybody. Um, hello, welcome. Kids. Hi, welcome, Hi. welcome. Me too. Um, it's great. It's scary, but it's fun. It is. It is. But you you're spot on like subspace, even though there has been science like the the science of BDSM team out of Northern Illinois University. um, Brad, Dr. Brad Sangerin is like the head of the research team. They have done some great studies. And like, we know there's an altered state of consciousness. We know after sadomasochistic scenes, like, uh, Dom's cortisol dramatically lowers like we've we've the science has just like touched a little bit of like some shit's happening and we think it's a little different in doms and subs, but we're not sure how, but we know they both have an altered state of consciousness, but like the, um, you know, subspace is very disassociative and floaty and woo. I'm kind of drunk kind of, and like, like you were saying flow is dom space it's like you are at the peak of your game you've never been more sure and more confident in your life you are just like everything's working perfect like yeah they're both amazing feelings but they're both so different yeah and they relate to my my neurodivergence and pretty pretty immediately too i mean katie you and i talked about a bit about this on one of the kink episodes of of infinite quest i don't remember the one of the, it was the first or the second but um it's it's like my neurodivergence is is executive dysfunction. I have ADHD, so my my brain can never figure out what to do and when and what the highest priority is. And as soon as it figures out what the highest priority is, it changes to something else. But then it forgets. It's all fucking thing. Um, and the two ways of sort of relieving the 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 pain of that is having your whole brain shut all the way off, mm-hmm. which is what sub space does to me, or to have all that just sort of become, I guess. You're, the pain of, of executive dysfunction quiets down when something when you're in a position to give the profound gift of an immense immensely good scene for a sub. When I'm yeah. with Katie and I'm topping, the profundity of 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 what we what can happen here together um, lets my brain sort of go. Okay, this is the highest priority. Having an amazing time with this woman that I love and designing an experience for her that is going to enrich her existence that is the most profoundly important thing that could ever happen. And so my executive, my executive function almost says, you know what? All right, all right, Eric, we'll work for now. You know, for Katie, we'll do it for now. Aww. It's true. Sweet. That's very true. I love it. I love it. So, (laughs) all right. In, in conclusion, as we wrap this up, um, what, 
if you were to sum up like the best advice you could give to, well, I was going to say like the new kink store or maybe going back in time to last year, Eric (laughs) and telling last year, Eric, like, this is the shit you need to calm down about. This is a good stuff. Like, what would you tell last year, Eric? Oh my gosh. (sighs) Well, I would say you're about to meet somebody that's going to change your life forever. Well, I probably wouldn't because I, I wouldn't want to like, you know, Dr. Strange, if I tell you what happens, it won't happen. Kind of stuff. <laughs> and you've got to be very vague about it. Um, but I, I, I guess to myself, I'll think about it. Um, but to the new kinkster, um, be honest all the time, the whole time. Well, I mean, be honest in general, but being honest when you're exploring your own kink identity um, is for the, the, the mutual benefit of all parties involved. Uh-huh. Um, mo- you know, most of all for you, you have nothing to gain from denying the things that you like or dislike. Um, and also know that honesty, we, we often think of honesty as being something that we choose to do. Like you can either lie or you can be honest and tell the truth. Um, but when it comes to honesty with yourself, it's hard to know whether or not you're being honest. It's not something that you can just decide to do and then you're doing it. It's hard to know and it takes practice. And you can feel, you can feel when you're being honest with yourself. Um, sort of like, you know, when, sometimes when you're dreaming, you feel like the dream is real. Um, but in real life, I never think real life is a dream, or at least I rarely do. Uh-huh. So sometimes if you think you're being honest with yourself, there's a chance you might not, but you, you, the, the feeling of being completely honest and vulnerable with yourself, um, is, is a feeling that I, I just, I, I wish for everybody. So pursue that, pursue absolute and total honesty with yourself. Um, and, uh, consent is, is mandatory at all times. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Katie, you've been along for this ride I as have. as a passenger, pa- passenger, passenger, as a as a passenger in uh, <laughs> Eric's, I don't know, minivan. <laughs> Is that what you picture? No. no. Was that two in the front and four in the rear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, what have you learned on his journey? I mean. Honestly, and don't get a big head about this, Eric, but like honestly, being along with Eric on this journey has been one of the biggest honors of my life. Um, because I've got to watch mm. somebody that I care about deeply, like come into his own in terms of like sex and sexuality and finding that empowerment. And I think that is really cool. And I feel like really honored to have been the person that got to help with that you know um and Aww. yeah i forgot what the question was because i was thinking about how much i like eric what was it's how much empowered oh. you could be through wearing squirrel suits oh you know <laughs> it's, i keep i keep saying we're gonna be at dragon con this year we got invited to dragon con yeah so, Ooh, squirrel yeah, suits. so we could we could cosplay as squirrel design girl a persona thing. squirrel it's girl like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Squirrel girls. um but yeah, I mean, I think like for me, like one thing that Eric has has genuinely taught me is just how powerful being honest can be, especially in terms of like communicating, because even as somebody who's like a very proud kink educator and like really enjoys like supporting the community and talks about neurodivergency and stuff like it's really hard for me to ask for what I want. Like I can, I can make mm. a million TikTok videos about like ask for what you want communication, but it's something that I really have to work and struggle with because like I grew up in a place where I could never ask for what I want, and so like yeah. I have to practice. Um, and so 
Eric has given me not only the space to practice that, but also like practice on the other end of things with like being okay with saying no and saying no, like I'm going to support you by, by, by saying no for you today because frenzy or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think like for me, like I've just, I've learned how to be a better partner. I've learned how to be a more supportive partner, but also, um, in, especially it's it's really convenient because we're both fucking switches so it's like how to both give and receive <laughs> constantly it's it's been it's been a really um it's been really important for me too i think so yeah oh y'all are so sweet Aww. um while i while i wipe up my tears of joy and my fuzzy feel goods uh tell everybody where they can find you on the internet or anywhere eric you want to do it Sure, I was, I was, I was curious to see if you would go first if I didn't say anything. Interesting, interesting. Okay, this is all research for a scene I'm planning for you. God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I would just want to say for the record, it's never going to happen. I don't believe you. You're full of shit. I've been teasing Katie for it was long distance. Has it's it's fun to tease. Um, where we can find it? That was the thing. Um, hi everybody. My name's Eric Good. It's Eric with a K, like E R I K, because I'm Norwegian. Um, you can uh, find me. <laughs> you can find me as at Hey Good. Uh, pretty much everywhere. I think I'm at Eric Good on Twitter, E-R-I-K-G-U-D-E. But yeah, I'm at Hey Good, H-E-Y-G-U-D-E on TikTok, Instagram, uh, all the stuff. If you're looking for me, my username is probably Hey Good. Uh, and uh, our podcast is called uh, Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest, an ADHD adventure, which is a mouthful. If you just search AD, uh, Infinite Quest, it should show up. So if you like hearing me and Katie talk about stuff, go up on over there. <laughs> Yay. I really feel fucking good. nailed it. Nailed that. Yeah. Nailed that. Uh, so I'm I'm Katie Osborne. Uh, I also go by Katie Osaurus. It's Katie with a C. Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere on social media as Katie Osaurus. Um, I'm also a Twitch partner now, which is very exciting. So you can find Ooh, me. Oh yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, uh, like Eric said, we have a podcast. Um, and we just announced our tour schedule for 2021, 2022. So if you want to check that out, um, you can head on over to InfiniteQuestPodcast.com. Uh, we're gonna be doing a bunch of conventions and possibly a kinky convention. That's in the Ooh. works. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, we need to talk offline. Make sure we're in the same place at the same yeah. time. I would yeah. love that. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you can find us there. And, uh, hey, 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 Sonny, I just think that you're, like, the fucking coolest person. And I just like you a lot. That's Aww. all. That's not where to find me. But I just wanted to say it on the record. Aww. I like you, too. <laughs> Warm and fuzzy. Aww. Also, Sonny, well, real quick. I was hoping. Mm-hmm. I was hoping. Um, could I could I end with a really quick poem? Is that okay? It's very short. Absolutely. Wholesome. Yes. Um, so this poem is called. It, it, I thought of this when um, we started talking about uh, how acknowledging that our bodies aren't just these things we're dragging with us, but they actually have a lot to offer. Um, this poem is called "The Storm" by Mary Oliver. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the geese one. No, no. <laughs> there's some fucking geese. No, Katie. No, no, no. no. Um, the storm by Mary Oliver. Now through the white orchard, my little dog romps, breaking the new snow with wild feet. Running here, running there, excited, hardly able to stop, he leaps, he spins, until the white snow is written upon in large, exuberant letters, a long sentence, expressing the pleasures of the body in this world. Oh, I could not have said it better myself. Is that it? Is that, that the nice? whole poem? That's, that's the whole, whole poem. That's so nice. It's very I short. Love it. uh, hey, I, I, I actually it. have a poem too. This is a goose poem. Peace <laughs> was never an option. So, that's it. <laughs> it was written by a goose. That's it was written right. by a goose. Yes. Uh, oh my goodness! Thank you both so much. I just love like you both separately and together. And I hope to touch again. Like, let's do this again. We'll figure out some other time to talk about some other stuff. And uh, until next time, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Sonny. Bye.
Goodbye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.